0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of UFO Know Your Break from the Propaganda, the Bad News, the Treasonous Politicians. Time to get elevated and have a conversation with Jason Hassler. Jason Hassler is the director for Big River Paranormal in Portland, Oregon, which is a TAPS. Team, and if you're not familiar with TAPS, they are the Ghost Hunter guys. I can't remember if it was History Channel or A and E or what channel it was on when it first came out, but I, I'm telling you, I was obsessed with this show. And I'm not talking about the Ghost Adventure dramatic gentleman uh, that those people. I, I was never a big fan of that one, but the Ghost Hunter guys, the Plumber guys, I love these guys. Anyways. This, uh, Jason Hassler is the director of this branch of the TAPS team in Portland, Oregon. They've done all kinds of great paranormal investigations. I think he said something about like over 900 and something different investigations, all, uh, equivalent up to like 20 hours each. That's a lot of experience in investigating the paranormal. So, Anyway, super awesome conversation with Jason that I'm really excited about, and I hope you are excited about as well, and I hope you will get as much uh, enjoyment out of it as I did. Uh, First, before we get started, thank you for joining the show. I appreciate you. We're in the stratosphere cruising about, I don't know, 102,000 feet, somewhere around there. It's clear skies, baby. And if you like the show, be sure to share this episode. Give a nice review. The five stars looks amazing. Right next to all the rest. Hit that subscribe and follow button to catch every single new episode the moment it comes out. But without further ado, I bring to you my conversation with Jason Hassler. First, right off the bat, uh, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. And I wanted to, uh, for those that aren't familiar, uh, a little bit about yourself and and kind of your background, what you do.
1: Okay, my name is Jason Hassler, and I'm the director for Portland's Big River Paranormal. We are the Oregon TAPS team, and I've been doing that for almost six years. I've been with the team, and I've been the director for probably uh, probably six months or so.
0: Oh, right on. So, uh, so, and mm-hmm. and for those that aren't familiar with TAPS, um, this is associated with um, it's the Ghost Hunter guys, right? correct
1: yes yeah so it's the atlantic the atlantic paranormal society It was uh it was formed by jason Hawes and Grant wilson in 1990 i believe and then the tv show started in 2004 making it well known
0: gotcha so uh so yeah. how did you end up kind of getting started in that what what started that for you getting into it have you always been into the paranormal and and uh uh, and things associated, or or what? What got you? What was the spark?
1: Yeah, I've always been interested in the paranormal. Well, I grew up when I was pretty young. We lived in a house that was haunted, so and some things happened there that I saw, and so it just kind of always sparked a uh, interest of mine. And then I, of course, like everybody else, saw the TV shows and that kind of stuff, and just kind of uh, could relate to all that stuff. And then I'd done some investigating myself. is just like, you know, my brother and I, whatever. And then I found the team that I'm currently on big river and I applied for them like six years ago and I've been with them ever since.
0: That's rad. So what was it like yeah. living in a haunted house? Was it, uh, was it one of those scary haunted house type things or was it just kind of, there was something there?
1: It really was because, you know, I was like seven eight years old so it was really scary for me so not being you know knowing that things were going on there that i couldn't like in my head i was like i'm just a kid you know like obviously there's a explanation for this and maybe it's my imagination but when you hear adults talking about it you know it's it does kind of freak you out a little bit sure so there'd be like coughing in the bathroom and that kind of stuff in the middle of the night when there's nobody in there that kind of stuff
0: oh wow yeah. So was there a history to the house like when you guys moved in was it was it uh, I mean since you were little, you probably didn't as you said you heard it from adults. So were like yeah. was your family like told about the history of the house before you moved in?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that they were because uh, we had other family members who lived in the house before us. Oh. So it was just something that was known that there was activity in the house, yeah.
0: So was it like a, a several-generation type thing, like the house was passed down to several generations?
1: It was just owned by a family member, so when, you know, people, yeah.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. I see. Right on. That's rad. So yeah. are there any, what was like, uh, if you, if you want to talk about it, what was the one maybe one of the top experiences that you had in your house that really stand out
1: in that house. Well, mostly my brother and I, we've talked about it as adults because we would see the same kind of stuff. So, you know, we didn't really talk about it as kids much because we were scared, but like as adults, we're like, Hey, this we saw this and we both had the same stories and stuff. So like our closets, our bedroom closets were connected. Like, and uh, there's, so, there's definitely something in the closet there. We don't know what exactly it was, but I do know my uncle had gone in there for something when he was staying there, and the door got shut behind him, and he couldn't get out.
0: Whoa, for really? For a little
1: while. Yeah, so. Oh, wow.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you said you were seven or eight. Is your brother older?
1: No, yeah, we twins, actually. Oh,
0: twins. Oh, right on. Yeah. Did you guys have any yeah. weird, like... Uh, twin senses going on like he might see something in your hand your hairs on the back of your neck would stand up or anything like that
1: uh we do have like the twin thing but not really like that no
0: oh okay all right uh like yeah go ahead
1: like he tends to know when i'm gonna do something stupid so you know he'll call me <laughs> like what, what the hell are you doing right now uh That's nothing <laughs> yeah right
0: on right on so you have a podcast, right? Uh, yes. in the yes. Paranormal, correct? Yes. Yeah. So how and long have you been doing that for?
1: I have 11 episodes now. Thanks. And uh, so, yeah, it's just getting up and going. It's, going. it's been fun.
0: And you pretty much do mostly guests, right? You have guests on and you yeah, talk about them. I do, yeah. So is it mostly like their experiences and, and or are there – do you have anybody experts on that talk about kind of their feelings on things?
1: Yeah, I have a different variety of guests. I'll have anywhere from like psychics to Bigfoot guys or UFO people, that kind of stuff. So pretty much cover anything paranormal related. So I'll have, you know, maybe some paranormal teams on talking about their investigations or recently I had uh, James Clarkson on. He's a UFO guy and he does investigations on on, uh, UFO uh, sightings and crashes and that kind of stuff. So he had some really good stories and that kind of stuff. So
0: nice. Yeah. So, of all your guests, not to play favorites, but it, of all your guests, was there one that really stood out that maybe dropped a bomb on your show you weren't expecting, or anything surprising?
1: Um not particularly surprising. My first guest, June Lundgren, is a she refers to herself as the demon seer. Oh, really? And she she she's been on like some of the TV shows and stuff, and on coast to coast. But and I don't know how legit she is, but she uh, tends to think about things differently than I do. But she says she can see demons and that kind of stuff, and she can give people the uh, ability to see them as well. So, did you ask see her, her give Mar-
0: you the ability?
1: Yeah, I'm gonna see her in March, so we're gonna see how that works out. So. Oh,
0: dude, that's rad. <laughs> yeah. So, so let me ask you this, because like there, I would imagine there's no going back. Like once I, you can I don't see know. him, you can see him.
1: She said she that that uh she can take it away as well. So oh. I, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah, dude.
0: I we'll, totally, we'll see. I'd be an off and on kind of guy. I absolutely love yeah. I'd just be called <laughs> every six months, going, hey, 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 I want it again. Let me let me see.
1: But, yeah, I'm bored. Like, give me something to do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly,
0: exactly. That's amazing. So, was there anything? Um, so, of all the things you've is, uh, going to like your career in paranormal investigating, mm-hmm. um, first, like, how, when did you get into that? You said six years ago.
1: Yeah, I joined the team about six years ago.
0: So, what, um, what have you experienced while on the team? That, is there anything that's really stood out to you or maybe that surprised you that you didn't see coming into it?
1: Um, Yeah, it's it's not what you see on TV. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, it's certainly not. So it, we have people that join the team, they think it's going to be like what they see on Ghost Adventures or whatever. And it's really not. It's mostly us sitting around in a room with our friends and talking to something you can't see and hoping to get responses. So, and claiming our body function so it doesn't sound like our stomach growling is a demon, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so it's really not what you think it is on TV. And also, it's a lot more work than, because they don't show the behind the scenes type of stuff a lot. So, exactly. you know what? With the research and the, uh, you know, you got to do a lot of research on locations, the client, you know, that kind of stuff. And and then the review is is really the longest part of the job.
0: Well, that's what I was going to say is the, the a lot of, at least in my, I've never experienced anything paranormal, but my experience in looking at experiences and is specifically watching Ghost Hunters. I was a huge fan of the show. I watched it constantly. Um, was that... Uh, they you know would have to pour over the evidence after the fact. Yeah. So, a lot of the, you know what they got was a few personal experiences here and there, but it seemed like most of what they got was after the fact pouring over the evidence, going, What was that? Oh, I we didn't hear that. Where did that
1: exactly? Come from? Yeah,
0: um, so yeah, that's uh, and just hours upon hours of pouring over. Because what, you're out there, I mean, at least in the show is what it appeared. And as you said, it's not like what it appears to be on TV. But at least on the show, it appeared that they were spending anywhere from four to six hours in a place overnight. And then the next morning going through the evidence. So, I mean, how much sleep? And they were plumbers, (laughs) right? Like So they had day jobs, which I would imagine most of you have day jobs or or something like that. Yes, we do. So yeah. where do you find the time for anybody? Cause like for me, I would love to be able to do something like that, but where do you find the time to be able to go and actually investigate a place and have the time to spend in there and then also pour over the evidence after?
1: Yeah. For us, it, we usually take about 10 to 12 days to go over the evidence and, oh, okay. and we do that. We do that as a team. And uh, so Like, I'll do all the video and, or some of the video and somebody else will do some of the audio. And we're just passing around a little bit. But but the the time consuming part is when you find something and you got to send it to everybody and go, hey, you were there. Can you explain this? Because the first thing we're trying to do is find a logical explanation. We're not trying to jump immediately, like, okay, this is a ghost. You know, like, so. So that takes, you know, a lot of time out of your, you know, if you're if you're watching say 6 hours of video and it takes you an hour to you find something and you got to go to a teammate and be like, "Hey, was this you or, you know, can you explain this or check this out?" and then so on. That takes a good hour. Then you have to go back and get restarted and it it can be quite the process.
0: So this is so. probably a really dumb statement, like it's just now <clears throat> dawning on me that in my mind I imagined the next day, the TAPS team was meeting with the, the client and going over things, but it was potentially a week, two weeks down the road when they were getting back to these people about what they had found, the reveal.
1: Yeah, that's oh, okay. probably likely. Yeah.
0: Okay. See, I never even, I never even, that's how dumb I am. I never even thought about the <laughs> fact that they may have been spreading it out. I thought, man, these guys aren't sleeping for 36 hours just to chase ghosts. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That makes you know, a lot of sense.
1: I don't know for sure, but I imagine the TV crew probably has people to assist with that other than just the the, the teammates you see on tv yeah. but i'm not sure i mean I,
0: yeah i would imagine so what's the if you can talk about it what is the mm-hmm. one of the craziest things you've seen uh while investigating with the team or well, by yourself or whatever
1: uh, yeah um well one, one of my favorite experiences i was at the uh Old Idaho State Penitentiary in Boise. Oh yeah. And uh, Big River, we have a team in Idaho, and they they run the public investigations out there. So once a year, we do a team only investigation. And I was out there for that, and I was in part of the prison. And of course, there's like cells, and they're like stacked four rows high. Well, you can't get up to the higher uh, rows. You can just on the bottom. They got it blocked off because it's not safe. Oh. But. Standing down there, um, you can hear footsteps and people moving around up on the top levels.
0: And knowing that nobody can be up there.
1: Yeah, knowing nobody's up there. It's it's really creepy.
0: Wow. And I'm sure... It's like, really cool, too. Yeah, something I really appreciated about the, the Ghost Hunters show, and mind you, that's all I have to reference as far as the taps thing and all that goes, uh, yeah. is... Uh, I always appreciated how, like you said, you guys try and, like, not debunk, but you try and factor out, like, white noise, you know, something that's not what you're looking for before you jump to conclusions that it is a ghost or whatever. Has there been anything that, like, fooled you for a while and then over pouring over the evidence you convinced yourself it wasn't what you thought it was? Have you ever had, like, the reverse...
1: Um, yeah, a few times with like EVPs and stuff, we'll hear something and I'll be like, you know, that's, that's not one of us. You know, I don't think that was one of us. And then I go to my teammates and they'll be, Oh no, that was me. And I'm Uh like, ah, crap, (laughs) that kind of stuff. But, but we've done this so long, it's pretty easy for us to figure out what, you know, pretty easy for us to figure out explanations for stuff on investigations we were actually at. So. You know, we have this thing, if in doubt, throw it out because we don't want to be showing evidence and having somebody like no more on that was actually this. And, you know, yeah. so course. we try to do a really good job not uh, throwing out evidence that we're not pretty sure on. So we have to be pretty sure that we we found something before we'll, we'll show it. But
0: yeah.
1: And the the goal is to uh, to when we go into a location, our goal is to help the client feel more comfortable in their space, whether it be a their home or a commercial location, so for us to find logical explanations for what they're experiencing is is really what we're trying to do. So when we find something paranormal, it, it's for us it's cool, but for them, you know, we got to help them realize it's not something that's gonna harm them They're, you know it's not a demon like you see on ghost adventures every time you know i
0: was just gonna say (laughs) that that's what i appreciate about the taps take on this specifically how the teams uh do this is they're not there to gaslight they're not there to create drama they're not there for it doesn't seem that they're there for the ratings they're there for credibility and yeah. to me, that's the most important factor. Like you nailed it. Is that look? It you know basically it it's about our credibility. If we come in and we somebody else says if we say it's a ghost and then somebody comes back in and proves it's not, that's that hurts your credibility, your reputation, to be able yeah. to do what you do. Um, whereas it seems like these other teams, they don't really give a fuck. like they're they're like we're just gonna say whatever we want and we're gonna play it up as whatever we want and then we're on to the next one Mm -hmm. and like you said every time they go somewhere it's a demon it's a poltergeist it's something angry it's something evil and so that it's like even statistically speaking that's not possible it's not possible no it's not Um, in fact yeah
1: I've never read into anything that I would believe to be demonic. And in, in fact, for me, demons is, that's a religious thought process, and I'm a non-religious person, so I don't okay. really believe in demons. I believe that spirits can be evil. I mean, like, imagine if you're a dick in, in life, you're probably a dick when you're dead, so <laughs> why would that change, you know? So, yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, that's why know, especially I... Especially if you're... Yeah, go ahead.
1: If you're investigating like a prison or something, the people in there that they, they were not kind people usually, that's why they're in prison. So maybe they're they're still not kind, you know.
0: Exactly. Well, it's I generally on my show, I translate everything into energy, whether it's spiritual, religious, extraterrestrial. Uh, paranormal it's energy and you can you know you obviously there's different frequencies and things like that yeah. but but at the end of the day it's all energy and that's why these instruments can pick it up in the first place frequencies and energies um and yeah. like i said people just kind of translate that into whatever makes them feel better or in some cases yeah. makes other people feel worse but they're doing it for credibility or for reputation or whatever and they're making it sound yeah. like it's demons. But, Um, so not being a religious person, that's interesting because with the paranormal, you have a lot of spiritual attachment to the phenomenon of ghosts and spirits and whatever. So how does that factor in to, do you really look at everything as energy kind of the way I do, or, or how do you, how does that work for you?
1: Yeah, for me, it's, uh, it's interesting things i can't explain like i'm open to the fact maybe there's a heaven and hell i don't know like i can't prove there is or there isn't but uh i do i have had enough experiences to believe in life after death so after you know physical life so i'm trying to figure out for me i'm trying to figure out what exactly that is what does that mean for us when we pass away what what's what's next
0: so what's your best guess dude What's your best guess as to what it is? Like, just speculating, throwing it out there. Like, if you you had a theory, if it's not the afterlife, what do you think it is? Like, where do they go? Is it this limbo? What what do you think?
1: I think it kind of depends on everybody individually because i believe we're all here to learn certain lessons and and maybe there's reincarnation maybe you hang out for a while and you know once you pass and you get shot back into trying to learn lessons that you didn't learn already in life and you have several different lives and so you figure out what it is you're supposed to know and after that who knows
0: i like it i like it i'm kind of the same way i imagine like um how like all data goes to the cloud you know, yeah. that's what all of our energy goes to is this universal collection unit, um, and we're constantly dipping in and out of it in life cycles. And you can call that reincarnation, but energy simply forms back into, like imagine water that puddles and then spreads when you when you vary the landscape, you know, right? So the landscape yeah. varies, and people drop out of the puddle, and then they come back in, and they're, they're individual droplets for a while, you know, it's kind of how I imagine it, and we pick up whatever it is that we run into. So whether it's – imagine like a blue dye. I run into a blue dye. Now I bring in that blue dye to the whole pool, you know, kind of a thing. Yeah. So my experience comes back with me, and I don't know. But that's kind of along the same idea. ideas, almost like a giant freeway of energy that we're all just taking offshoots on.
1: So, yeah, we have uh – our team has people with different beliefs and different religious backgrounds. So we take everything into account in everybody's thought process when we're doing this kind of thing. So
0: that's great. That's a great way to do it. You yeah. get so many different perspectives. That's, that's the way to do it.
1: Especially when we have a, a client, we, we take that into consideration like what is their religious background? Cause that, t- that tells us how we can help them.
0: Sure. Well, and I would imagine yeah. a lot of it is managing expectations People have their own expectation of what you're going to find. Have you had anybody that has argued with you? Like, I know what I saw and I know what it is. Yeah, I would imagine. So, like, what's the most, what's the biggest situation of somebody just being absolutely sold that it was paranormal and you guys found nothing?
1: Well, we were in a a bar in Aberdeen, Washington called Billy's, and I don't want to call anybody out, but they had a. uh, Except Billy. Every night. yeah well you know the whole story behind that bar is just kind of a it's kind of a weird billy was supposed to be a serial killer in aberdeen and he really had nothing to do with the bar they just used his name for promotion i don't know that's
0: funny but it's marketing tactic
1: (laughs) yeah but the bar the bar was supposed to be like a pharmacy at one point and then upstairs was like a brothel that kind of stuff so there is some history there But uh, we were there, and they said each night during cleanup, they're they're hearing a woman, and it, like, giggles in the bathroom, like a a woman laughing in the bathroom. So, of course, we're setting up. We're all just kind of hanging out there talking, and, and we hear it. So, team member and I, Sarah, we go into the ladies' room to see if we could figure out a logical explanation, and... And we were in there for a few minutes when we uh, figured it out. There was one of those automatic air fresheners, and when it when it went off, it would squeak, and right from outside it would sound like a laugh. That's so crazy. they were not, Yeah, they were not happy. They're like, no, that's it first. Because when we heard it, they're like, yeah, here, that's that's it. And then, of course, when we we're like, hey, you know, this is what it actually is, they're like, oh, we don't think so.
0: Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. Their whole reputation. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah,
1: people want their place. Some people want their places to be haunted and some people don't, which is one of the reasons why, you know, they'll call us and a lot of places want to remain anonymous, which is fine. Mm-hmm. So we, we don't we don't really get to talk about those cases much or they don't go to the web. None of our residentials will go on our website because those are all private. But a lot of times we'll have commercial locations that for whatever reason, their religious beliefs or what they worry about what people will think. They want answers, but they don't want it to be public.
0: Of course. Well, in some of these places, I mean, you can find, you know, all over the place where people capitalize on the local legends for, as you said, yes. marketing. Um, I mean, all over Alaska, there's places that do that. So, yeah, yeah. there's a ton of them that do that. And, and it's a great idea if you really do yeah. have some spooky shit going on and that people can't explain. Um, but it, it always does make me laugh when, like, to me, there's kind of this clear line where I can almost tell that people are, are starting to to throw shit at me. You know, like yeah. they kind of telling the truth a little bit, but then they start to embellish a little bit more. And, and even then, I'm like, well, what do I know? You know, I'm not them. Yeah. I haven't experienced it. And I try and be as open-minded as possible, but some of it's really hard to believe. So what is like the most incredulous thing that you had a really hard time believing that Maybe you found something that changed your mind. Was there anything that you really had a hard time believing walking in?
1: I don't think so. I mean, I try to be very skeptical on on every investigation, even in locations I've been to before where I found activity. I always try to come in with an open mind. Most of our team, like, I will know what's going on, and then, like, maybe one or two other people will know, but mostly... We we bring our team in completely blind. They have no idea. Sometimes I don't even tell them where we're going. I'm like, we're going to this city. Get a hotel room. I don't even tell them the location. So we'll show up there. That way they have no preconceived ideas. So that's that's, that's kind of yeah. Because I mean, if I go in there and I tell everybody, hey, there's voices heard in this room, everybody's going to hear a voice in that room throughout the night. So you're right. You know every yeah. So we try to keep it as, as, as blind as we can. Unfortunately for me, I can't because I'm the case manager as well. So I have to go in and do the interview with the client and, and figure out where to set things up. And sometimes I set things up based off what the client tells me. Other, other times also I, I can set a recorder somewhere I just have a feeling or just random, just that, you know, you just never know what you're going to find, so.
0: Of course. Well, and that's, it's great that kind of of all the people setting up the case that knows the information, you being I I would argue I would guess you're probably one of the more skeptical members maybe, um, and also the fact I try that, to be yeah and the fact that you you don't um, attach a spiritual nature to it a religious nature to it so you come in not superstitious but open minded so um, there's yeah. a lot of times that's one of the big things I look at when I see people doing investigations is. Did they know the history? Did everybody know the history beforehand? Because like you said, it influences what you see and hear and all that. Yeah. And then also is every member of the group claiming to be a psychic? Is every member oh, of the group claiming to be right? You know, like you gotta have some people that that aren't, that don't that, that they're like, no, Correct. I'm more of a skeptical nature, so I'm the I'm the weight the counterweight. You know, you gotta yeah. have that.
1: Yeah, we we uh we have people who are Sensitive on the team, but we don't use that on the investigations. Now, we will tell them if they want to, they can take their own notes throughout the investigation, but we're not going to let them come in and say, Hey, I'm feeling a spirit over here, and this is what, because then everybody's feeling that. So, if they want to take notes and then say they wrote down a name, you know, on their notes, and then we're going through EVP and that name comes up, then that's something we can take to the client and be like, Well, she. Got this name. She wrote down the investigation. And here we have it. You know, we're asking what was your name, and then the name we got on the EVP was the the correct name. So that kind of stuff we could use, but we can't use a psychic's word just on itself. Yeah, because I mean, there's lo- locations we go to that have stories of, oh, okay, this psychic came in and said this and that, and they go with it as fact. Like there was a location we went to. I can't remember I, if it's a. Uh, public or not but so i won't say where but uh they told us that there was uh back in the day there was a uh, man that killed himself or something in the room but he was a drag queen and the psychic told us that they said Hmm. well there's no evidence to show that i mean other than what the psychic said so it's not really something we can use
0: yeah exactly
1: but i mean you know obviously if we get an evp that says i killed myself or something like that then we can say hey we did get something in that room where the psychic claimed. That kind of stuff happened. But that that's really rare.
0: Yeah. It would have to be like, I killed myself in my best stilettos. I'm a dude. Yeah. You know, and yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. it's, that's what's funny is, you know, people take uh, it, big time in the UFO community. My biggest uh, grief about it all is that people just take hearsay accounts as evidence. And even though, yeah. even in a murder trial, you can take testimony... Um, it has to be uh, you know multiple witnesses. It has to be corroborated. you know it has to have some evidence attached to it. That's why the the term hearsay exists. and yeah, there is yeah. a ton of hearsay that gets thrown around as though it's uh, it's factual and as though it's evidence. And that's yeah. one of my biggest complaints is it's really not unless it's backed up by something more tangible. Yeah. And not to discredit people's personal experiences, but you 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 can't just be like believe everybody. As, as right. awesome yeah. as that would be, you just can't do that.
1: Yeah, we. Uh, that's why we don't let our. We never investigate by ourselves. We always have somebody with us. Whether you know, if like, if I'm in a location and I want to go upstairs, I can't just go upstairs by myself. I have to grab somebody and say, "Hey, come come with me." Because if I go up, if I'm always doing so off by myself and I'm I'm always experiencing something by myself, that's kind of sketchy.
0: Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So if
1: if you have two people, then happen as much.
0: Yeah. So how many hours would you say you and your team have built up in investigating? Hey guys, I want to take a quick moment to remind you of all the ways you can support the podcast and help us take over the world. If you aren't already, Become a member of the Tinfoil Militia to get ad-free episodes, rewards for tier members, chat with us directly on our Discord community, and access live bonus episodes every single week. You can also buy us a Romulan Ale, or two, or three, which we will toast to your honor on the show. We also have all kinds of great merch, everything from tumblers to hoodies, and of course, sharing is caring. Just splashing our show around helps us grow. Subscribe, follow, and review. All the links are in the show notes. Now let's get back to it.
1: Well, let's see. Um, investigation, it will take me probably three or four hours just to find a location, contact the uh, client, set everything up. And then, of course, travel time and that kind of stuff. We just stay in the Oregon, Washington area, usually maybe Idaho. But uh, so each investigation, we're probably putting. 10 to 20 hours into wow so and uh big river as a whole has about 900 and something investigations
0: holy shit so you guys are putting in work
1: yeah they've been at it for close to 20 years so
0: wow that's amazing yeah so what's um like what's the biggest thing that's really it has anything come along that's that's maybe really reinforced your idea that this uh um, there's something to this paranormal. Is there any like smoking gun that you would say is really big evidence that's come across your way? Maybe your, your team before you were on it or, or whatever.
1: Before I was on a team, we, uh, my brother and I, we'd go out and investigate sometimes and just, we didn't know what we were doing. We'd just go out to graveyards with a recorder and take some pictures or whatever. But he went out one night with some friends. I wasn't there. But in fact, he was with Clyde Lewis. I don't know if you know who Clyde Lewis is. Uh uh-uh. He's the he's a paranormal radio show host in Portland. Oh
0: yes. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Ground Zero. Yeah. He was with Clyde. He was with Clyde, and they took some pictures. And uh, they were going back through the pictures afterwards, and uh, he found a picture of a dog, and it was our dog that had passed away like six months prior. It, yeah. Whoa. It was pretty crazy, yeah.
0: That is crazy. So,
1: like, he called me and said, "Hey, you got to come see this." And at that point, like, I'm looking at a ghost picture of my dog. So, like, I have to be like, "Well, shit, this is probably real." You know, there is life after death. You know, and it's good to know that our pets are still around us.
0: Yeah, of course. Afterwards. Yeah, sure. Well, and again, I mean, going back to the energy thing, I mean, even even animals put off energy. You know, it's gotta and, go somewhere. Well, and if you look at everything, it's just kind of you know, a a different plane of existence that we're all living around each other, you know, as far as that's concerned and uh, potentially. And and so, you know, our pets, once they pass on, it's like they just take a sidestep to the left and they're just completely out of our our perception, um, but still kind of there. And uh, I've always thought of, like, paranormal experiences of just – you know, cause our, our, our bodies are only capable of, of taking in so much data at certain frequencies and whatnot. And so, um, I've always thought of it as we just happen to kind of catch a, a blurp of this other frequency for a moment that tied us into something we normally don't see, but is there all the time. And then people attach yeah. whatever they want to those things. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, so what? So what's your feeling on the whole thing? So you believe in you believe in ghosts? You believe in Bigfoot? You believe in Loch Ness? What? What's? Uh, what, how do you feel about these um, things?
1: I've never had a Bigfoot experience, so I'm open minded to it. But I mean, I've never seen the guy myself. So, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that the, the funny thing about Bigfoot people is they're they're not they don't go to investigate most of them. They're, they're like, there's some Bigfoot is real. We're going to go find it. You know, like they, they don't, you know, like for us with ghosts, we're skeptical, but I feel like with Bigfoot people, they're like, no, it's out here. We're going to go find it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I've never, I've never had an experience myself. Um, I have had uh, experiences where I've seen UFOs, that kind of stuff, things I couldn't explain. So I do believe, I mean, it, I think it would be ignorant to think that we're the only living planet. So planet with life in all the, you know, all of this space. So sure. I do believe in aliens as far as like Loch Ness and stuff. I have no idea. I think that's just more like myth and fairy tales than anything.
0: Sure. Well, and really with the UFO thing to me, it's like now what they're coming out with studies and, and research that's showing, you know, the multiverse potential and all this stuff about time and space and what they're able to do um, with, with seeing that there are absolutely what appear to be parallel universes, at least in, in the elemental area, you know, as far as protons and all that. So, um, so it stands to reason that there's, there could potentially be these interdimensional beings as opposed to, um, galactic intergalactic traveling aliens, you know? Uh, yeah. but at the same time, you know, I, my favorite, uh, quote is, uh, thinking that there's no life out in the universe is like taking a spoonful of ocean water and saying sharks don't exist. Uh, you know, right. because we're looking at I mean even at the most technical levels of what we're capable of of seeing out in the out in the universe, which seems to be huge for us is nothing. It's nothing yeah. compared to what's really out there. So it's it's just uh that's why it's such a fun topic to cover. And then when you add the paranormal thing to it and you start, like, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, Jack Parsons, the kind of the father of rocket science and Aleister Crowley and any of that stuff. Yeah, not much.
1: Yeah, not much.
0: Well, these guys, I mean, Aleister Crowley was like the occultist. And then um Jack Parsons was uh, a big follower of his work and he believed that the one thing missing from Aleister Crowley's work in you know uh, bringing goddesses and demons to life through portals was science. And so he believed that by melding science and the occult or magic um, that he could do this. And there's all kinds of theories that he accomplished this, opened up some kind of crazy portal um, while in NASA, while working with NASA. <laughs> Uh, and so anyways, there's all kinds of these. And to me, that just connects everything. So now it gives us free reign to talk about aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, Loch Ness in the exact same topic realm. Because who the fuck knows? And, right. and if these people really accomplished this and, and and brought the occult world into the science world and they're still doing that. You know, you look at like MK Ultra and shit about how they were seem to be trying to tap into multiple universes and, and stuff it it's crazy to think about what is in the world that we really do know a fraction it, it it's right. minuscule and so what's out there is is possibility so that's what's so much fun about the topic but um what was one of the the more um exciting cuz i would imagine just sitting in a room kind of talking to nothing and hoping to get some stuff is a lot like fishing in the dark so yeah what what's the most exciting exhilarating investigation you've been on
1: let's see um they're all pretty much the same i mean some of the things that make uh, investigations more i don't know if it's exciting or just more tricky or just is dealing with the client if the client is there with you oh because you have to you have to manage their expectations first of all and then you have to manage them like we had a we had a scenario where a guy told us that he was being attacked in his house and he was being pulled out of bed and the blankets were pulled off of him and that kind of stuff in the night. And then he, he, he said he, uh, there was a demon in his house and he, he was talking to it, and he spoke French and he speaks French. It was kind of weird. But, uh, we, so, so we went down there and, and he was talking about his dogs and we're experiencing stuff and his wife and stuff. And we get there and it's just him. There's no wife, there's no dogs.
0: Oh, wow. And,
1: uh, yeah. So he's like, oh, they left for the night. Well, that's interesting. Well, okay. We, we thought, okay, maybe she just wasn't, uh, you know, into it. And she just took the dogs with her so they wouldn't be in the way, you know. But as the night progressed, this guy just got weirder and weirder. And um, so he he told me that he was, uh, every time he lay in bed, it would it would pull his leg and pull him off the bed or whatever. So I was like, well, go get in bed. We'll stick a camera in there with you. And of course we're watching back, and of course, of course it happens, you know, like oh look, but it's clearly you can clearly see on video he's moving himself. But uh, yeah, he was. We had to wrap that one up pretty quick. He was wanting us. He kept saying, "He the the demon wants us to go in my shed," and because he had the shed in the back, and I was like, "Yeah." We're not going to go in your shed, but. And he's like, no, he, he says we have to go in the shed. Well, I don't want to know what's in the shed. Like, the wife is missing, and I don't want to go back there. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know so and this guy kept going to the refrigerator for I imagine it was alcohol but he told me because we ask all sorts of questions we'll ask personal questions like do you have drug problems are you on medications and they don't have to be truthful with us it's just it's helpful for us in our investigations if of they course. are Yeah. What, what he revealed to us is he said he used to have a narcotics issue well I don't think he used to I think he was currently yeah. having an issue I, I, and you know we have to be blatantly honest with these people we're not you know, I'm not an expert, I'm not a doctor, but when you see things, you just have to tell them like, Hey, you know, like, you know, And I told him, you know, have you seek, seek help for your, uh, for your addiction issues? And he was like, yeah, I have before. And I was like, you know, maybe you should try that again and see if that helps. Yeah. And that's, you know, of course we can't make an expert analysis on something like that, but it doesn't take a genius to see somebody using drugs.
0: Well, look, I mean, that, that's, uh, really commendable for you guys because it would be very easy for you to just be like, you're fucking crazy. We're gone. Uh, but instead you say, look, we, we think you're, you know, we're concerned for you, you know, and I think that's pretty cool that you guys, um, are willing to put yourselves out there because you never know how somebody's going to react, uh, when you try and offer, you know, at least some advice. Uh, if they're going to get defensive yeah. or whatever, so that's really good of you guys to just be like, "Look, we think you could use some extra help," and uh, and you know, have you thought about this? It's great. That's a that's a good thing to do.
1: We also have to keep in mind that just because this person may have a history of mental illness or or drug use or whatever, that doesn't mean they may not have something paranormal going on. Of course, especially because if you're on drugs, your your perception of reality is warped, so you don't know what reality is. And so maybe at that point, a lot of people, the theory is that negative spirits can attach themselves to you. If you're, you know, say you're a meth addict and you don't know reality and you know, they can come and mess with you because you don't know they're not supposed to you, you know, you're on drugs, you don't know. And you think it's part of your trip when it's in reality, you know, something negative. And maybe there's some truth to that.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, you open yourself up to all kinds of things. The mind is powerful. And, uh, and you know, the other thing is like, you know the fact that people convince themselves placebos are a really great example of this um placebo yeah. effects where people convince themselves of something and so these things manifest that's a big argument with ufo's is that yeah. there's there's the mass psychosis type of idea where a group of people can potentially see something and then uh and then end up they you know they all see the same thing and really it wasn't there this was a big thing back in uh what the 1800s uh, was sunspots. People would see sunspots yeah. and they, they would, everybody would see sunspots cause everybody's looking at the sun, <laughs> you yeah. know? And uh, so anyways, but there's all kinds of phenomenon of, of people convincing themselves of seeing something or feeling something when, when they may not have. Um, so what's, was there a time aside from that one where you, you guys felt like this guy, you know, was, was potentially, on substances or whatnot. Were there any cases where you felt in danger, you or your team?
1: We did have a case where uh, we didn't feel we were so much in danger based off, like, the client's intent, but uh, she the house was pretty much in, like, hoarder-like condition, so it really wasn't safe for us to be in there. And she was sitting on the couch, and she was on oxygen, and she was smoking a cigarette. Oh, my God. So... Yeah, so we, I was like, we gotta go. We can't, you know, like, that's not safe for us to be there, you know, like, nope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's no real, even just a hoarder issue. You know, anytime we find a safety issue, we're just gonna wrap it up. We can't risk it.
0: How often does that happen?
1: It's not extremely common, but it does happen. Yeah. Where we show up to a location, and, you know, like, most of the time when we show up to a location, we can figure out what's going on with a matter of, you know, the first hour. We know whether it's they may actually be experiencing something or they watch too much Ghost Adventures. And, you know, if we walk into a location and Ghost Adventures is on TV, we know exactly what's going on. <laughs> and that, that does happen.
0: Does it? That's funny.
1: Yeah. That's yeah. Funny.
0: That would imagine that's a pretty red, pretty big red flag.
1: It is. I and mean, you know, it just means that they're convincing themselves of things and exactly. they're watching too much TV and, and yeah. we will tell them that, but sure. And then, you know, people have even gone out and bought their own like investigation equipment and they don't really know how to use it. Like we had a, uh, a lady that she was walking around with her EMF meter on her cell phone and she was like sitting on her cell phone. She's like, look, it's going up. I was like, maybe let's sit it on the coffee table and see what happens. You know, I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, not, nothing happens in about 20 minutes and she's got it back on her phone. See, look, and I'm like, you got to explain to them what's going on with that kind of stuff. And, and whether they want to take your advice or not, it's up to them.
0: Of course. But that's what you're there to do is, is help educate people as well as to uh, say, yeah. well, here's what some of these things could be. Um, and here's, really? here's what they might not be, but, uh, yeah. Um, so in all your time, what's, what's, uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say, what's like the, the fast, oh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. You, so you said you go and you screen, you have an interview with these people before you bring your team yeah. in to investigate. So have there been any that in this screening process you realized pretty quick that it wasn't... Uh, what's one that really stood out to you that was pretty blatantly obvious it wasn't paranormal?
1: Um, There was a lady that was talking about, like... Uh, she uh, was telling me, like, she left coloring books out because she thought she had a child spirit, and then, like, there was... You know, she'd come back and it would be colored and that kind of stuff. And and just by talking to her, and I don't know, you know, I can I picked up the fact that she just was really looking for somebody to talk to and that she, ah. you know, like, yeah, she was just rambling on and on and on and, and, you know, stuff like that. Like, that doesn't mean that sometimes we still won't go out there. Like, cause you know, it's better to see in person sometimes, but sure. you know, a lot of times, you know, what you're getting into before you go. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So have there been any where the screening process that you went into the person one on one really kind of convinced you that they may have had something potentially and then you get in to investigate and then you realize it's bunk?
1: Um not really. I mean like I always go on skeptical, so But, you know, there are people that have, they really believe they've experienced something. So, you know, whether they have or not, they think that they have. So our job is to go in and figure out exactly what it is they experienced. And we had a lady, she, um, her and her boyfriend were living together, but they slept in the same room, in different rooms. I have no idea why, but she was experiencing, she said, voices. She was seeing people in her room. She said at one point her, her, her ceiling was bleeding Whoa! and yeah, and he's just kind of like, uh, you know, I didn't see anything. I don't know what's going on. And uh, so one of my teammates and I, we went out there. And uh, so we go into her room, and we take the EMF meter, and it, it pegs out at her bed, like right where uh, on her pillow. And what we found out was that on the other side of that wall was their garage. They have, like, this water softener thing, and it was given off really high EMF. Oh. So that was going into her head all night long. And if you're sensitive to that, it can make you see things and everything like that, make you feel sick. And so we were able to show her that and, you know, whether or not she believed us that that was the issue, I don't know, but it definitely was the issue. I mean, it was so high it pegged our meter. So wow. she was definitely going to have some issues. We have oh. some teammates that have, that have uh, sensitivity to that. And, you know, it'll make you sick of your stomach, dizzy, you know, like, Make you feel like you're being watched, even so. It's it's kind of a weird thing.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say paranoia, uh, paranoia, and nausea are the most common effects of uh, high EMF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, what's what's like the the proudest in moment you've had while investigating paranormal? What's what's the one thing that you like? If there's a feather to stick in your cap, it's this.
1: Um, we did an investigation. We investigate this place a lot. It's called the Walker Ames House. It's in Port Gamble. And uh we were able to get a video of a uh what we believe to be a spirit in that house. So that's a pretty cool video. And you could you did look capture our a video of that,
0: huh?
1: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. It was uh we had some we had some invest. they were in the room. I set the camera because if I remember right, the uh the claim was that they were seeing something walk out that door in the hallway there. So I set up a camera to face that doorway and we had some investigators. They come in and they're in the room for a couple of minutes or so. And then they leave the room, they go around and then they see, uh, and so I'm watching the video and pretty soon, you can see, it's kind of hard to see, but you see like this white shape. It's like, you can see it's a person like almost walking and it walks to the door, it stops, and then it takes a couple more steps and walks through the door. It's, it's really, wow. it's really cool.
0: Wow. That is cool.
1: Yeah. So we spent hours and hours and hours and hours trying to figure out what that really was. And we just couldn't, we, there had to be a logical explanation, but I mean, we showed it to a lot of people and we just can't figure it out.
0: Wow. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, what advice would you give to uh, people to be able to troubleshoot if they're having experiences, um, whatever, if they think they're having a paranormal experience, what can they do, some common things, to kind of troubleshoot them for uh, for themselves?
1: Um, Well, the first thing you need to do is be logical about it. Don't jump into, oh, this has to be paranormal. Try to figure out what's going on. And if you can't... reach out to a team that can help you like, you know, any taps team can help you, but don't just reach out to any team you find on the internet. Do some research on the team because some teams are out there to scare you as opposed to help you. So
0: yeah. Repeat and, you know, business. That's, that's what they're doing. Yeah. They're drumming up repeat business.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's more fun for them. if they. I don't know why people like to scare people. I like the opposite. Really? I like to help people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. why you're the perfect, guy to be doing this is because there are a lot of people that, like I say in the UFO thing, people want to believe this thing. I want to believe. I want to believe in aliens. I want to believe in UFOs. I I want to believe in all this stuff, but I'm also not going to just be convinced of a lie. Uh, So, you know, that's why I go into it skeptical. And, uh, but there are a lot of people that they will do everything they can to, Um, defend what they believe as opposed to just um, absorbing the evidence as it comes and and assimilating their their opinion based on that. So, um, yeah, I mean, so, so, uh, okay, so on top of uh, just going in with a logical mind, don't get yourself worked up, don't take advice from the Mm -hmm. wrong people, uh, what would you recommend as far as equipment? If there's equipment that people can get, that, um, let's say they want to get started in doing this, maybe not as far as a team goes, but they just want to be like, I want to investigate this around my own property. What, what are some key tools to use in this?
1: I would keep it really simple. So, um, digital cameras, digital recorder, video camera, if you, if you have one, just keep it, you don't need any, you know, you don't need a spirit box or anything of the fancy toys like that, that, you know, those are, Those are fun to use, but there's no science behind them, so, you know. And then, yeah, as far as video goes, like, for somebody who doesn't really know what they're looking at, I wouldn't recommend video, because there's so much things in video and pictures that, like, to to somebody who's never looked at stuff before, they're going to say, oh, this is a ghost. Well, you know, then there's logical, you know, like, there's a lot of people who believe in orbs are ghosts, and they're just not, and it's just really... It's frustrating to me, actually, because there are teams out there that will still tell people that their orb pictures, their dust pictures are grandma, and it's not. And it's frustrating because they're like, no, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, actually, I do know what I'm talking about. And and even if there is, like I told them, even if you believe that orbs can be paranormal, there are so many things that are more likely to be than a ghost it's dust moisture insects you know like we get a lot of people's ring doorbell videos yes. and they're like what is this i'm like that would be a spider crawling across your <laughs> you know, you're not being invaded by aliens it's a spider you're yep. fine
0: yep. the spider web hanging down in front of the camera yeah. gets so many people it blows my mind whereas i mean because
1: it, it's creepy yeah
0: it is creepy and but the thing is is like what's funny is for one you're looking at it in night vision so it's yeah. highlighting, it's literally adding light to everything yeah. it touches. So it, that doesn't mean it's glowing. It, that camera yeah. is designed to illuminate any solid object, any solid object. Um, and the closer it is, the, cl- the more illuminated it's going to be. It's not yeah. glowing. I have a lot of people, I run a little CBD shop in our, my local town. Ringo? Yeah? Watch your language. It's, pardon me, Chihuahua, <laughs> is it? Ringo? Oh, no. He loves to get involved. Anyways, but, um, so I have people that come in with their videos of what they think is an orb in the sky, but right in the corner of the video is a street lamp and everywhere (laughs) that street lamp goes, that light is moving. It might be moving in the opposite direction, but it's matching the movement And so all the time I take a very, you know, because I I don't want to be like, you dipshit. You know, so what I say is I I just say, well, did you notice the street lamp in the corner? Did you notice, look at its movement and now look at the orbs movement. And so I, most people, I can have them convince themselves that what they've seen is the street lamp as opposed to me trying to convince them. Um, But like the big one that got people for a long time when it first came out was Starlink. Uh, so Starlink was the seven satellites in a line that no, no human yeah, yeah. had ever seen in the history of humans. So, uh, granted, I'll give it to them there, but there were such a huge increase in UFO reports the, the day or the year uh, Starlink came out um, yeah. that everybody and their brother was calling this in. And it was a pretty crazy sight, you know, to see these seven lines, uh, seven dots right. in a line going. It was It was something else. Um, but not ufos but so many people were convinced and uh that it was it was kind of funny but um i had a yeah
1: yeah i had a lady approach me at a conference and she wanted to show me her picture of her her grandma and i was like okay so she shows me this picture and it's a it's a blue orb and she's like you know i think this is my grandma and i explained to her what it really was and she says, "Well, I know that's my grandma because the, the it's blue and that's the same color shirt that we buried grandma in." <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I mean, you're just not gonna, you're just not gonna convince some people." So,
0: and you, I, in those situations, I feel bad for them, you know, yeah. because look, I understand why you feel like this. I would, I would want yeah. my grandma to be hovering around me too in a blue orb, like my little guardian yeah. angel on my shoulder. And, yeah. but it, it's kind of, well, you look at that and, and what do you do? You just let it, you go, yeah. okay, you know, and, and that's, that's only, all because, I can really do. Because yeah. by arguing with them, like for me, by arguing with them, it, it it's like you're arguing against grandma and there's, it's pointless, yeah. it's pointless. Yeah. And so, uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, it's like, um, what was his name? John Edwards back in the day, yeah. the guy that that's could right. speak to the dead supposedly. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so many people, man so many people and when you break down like how they do it it's it's intuitive language you know it's it's neuro-linguistic programming it's you know it's it's being able to understand the way people think and associate things um so it's really really fascinating but um that one's really hard when you get people that have a a, an emotional attachment to this experience so has there been any of those that that you found that was really hard for you to bring them the evidence when it it had such an emotional attachment to this experience that they were unwilling to let it go.
1: We did have a guy that was convinced that his dad was, his dad would pass in his home. He was convinced his dad was there. He was convinced his dad was doing all sorts of things like moving stuff, that kind of stuff. And we just never were, was able to find any evidence of that, and he was really disappointed. He wanted to get a message from his dad through EVP or something, and we just—I think he was just looking so hard to see something there from his dad that he believed there was. I don't believe his dad was. I mean, maybe his dad does come around and check on him, but I don't believe his dad was actively haunting the house. And yeah. he was—he was pretty upset we didn't find anything, and he was really hopeful that we would have some sort of a message from his dad. He was hoping that we would bring in psychics and whatnot that would but we did not do that. Yeah. And there's you know, I could refer people to to other teams that do things in that way. And there's no you know, there's lots of different ways to do a paranormal investigation. That's not how we do it, but it doesn't mean that's the wrong way. There are wrong ways to do paranormal investigations. But you know, there are some psychic people out there that are pretty talented and, and can do But, you know, these days everybody's psychic, so it's really difficult to weed it out.
0: Yeah, everybody's got a side gig, dude. (laughs) Everybody's got a side gig. Um, So, okay, so the idea I get is that by being an investigative team, you guys are looking for something. Now, obviously Mm -hmm. it's evidence, um, but is there something specific that you yourself are looking for that 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 is really going to hammer it home is there a level of expectation where's the bar of evidence for you personally
1: honestly i don't know oh. I, I mean if i if i find it then i'll know but for me it's like i mean i already believe in ghosts so i don't really need the proof for me so I mean we haven't been able to prove it nobody's been able to prove that ghosts exist but and will we ever be I don't know I mean maybe that's what we're looking for but even if we did prove that ghosts exist you know we got 30% of people in the country that would say it didn't because it yeah. doesn't line up with their religious beliefs or whatever you know like you can you know science doesn't mean a lot to some people when it comes to their faith so yeah true. you know if, we, true. if, we, if we, we were able to prove that that dead people were walking amongst us in the afterlife. People, no, they, they're they in heaven. That's what the Bible says. And, yeah, yeah. You know, well, how do we know that heaven isn't here? I don't know. I, I'll tell you, faith
0: is. is an amazing thing because I have seen faith be used as the biggest stepping stool to help elevate someone to be better and achieve more. And I have seen faith cripple people. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really amazing how... Y- someone else can use your faith as a weapon against you. Um, you know, that. Mm-hmm. Th- I mean, that's kind of a big argument with all the whole nationalism thing, you know, is, is potentially is that can not be used as a, as a weapon against people. But you know, the, the faith thing is so hard because, um, because people in their hearts, they want to, a lot of people, you know, I'm not religious either. Um, I have a yeah. lot of respect. My mom is in- incredibly religious. Um, but she's one of these people that it hasn't crippled her. She's used it to, in all of the most worst times of her life, it got her out of it a hundred percent. Um, yeah. and so that's why I've never discredited spirituality. You know, I might nay say maybe some organized religions. Um, but as far as spirituality and individual faith, again, it can be used as a weapon or a tool. Um, yeah, and I think you know you've highlighted a couple of examples where people's preconceived notions um, kept them from seeing the truth uh, in certain situations. But um, so, what's your what's your in your own personal experience? You said you have had some experiences in your house uh, when you were a kid. Um, what's like the the, the uh, another really big experience you've had personally that uh, that maybe made you rethink things, expanded your mind.
1: Okay. When I was, I was probably, I was a teenager. So I was probably like 13 or 14 and it was late at night and, um, I was, I was supposed to be sleeping, but I was actually watching TV in my room and, and just kind of, you know, not sleeping like a kid should be before school. And, uh, so all of a sudden, the TV goes off, and then it comes back on, and it starts doing that. And, you know, I th- I'm thinking, what the heck is this? And then my closet doors start shaking. So I'm like, what the heck is going on? And pretty soon, I've got a bunch of CDs that were on my headboard of the bed, and they're all flying around, and the doors are shaking and everything, and things are just flying around. The TV's coming on. The radio's coming on. And pretty soon, the door opens up, and it's my brother. And he just, like, grabs my arm and yanks me out of bed and pulls me up the stairs to his room. He's like, what the hell is going on? And as soon as he opened the door, everything just stopped.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Dude, that would terrify me. Yeah, it did. (laughs) That would terrify me. Especially as a young person, you know. Yeah. Because you think, oh, I'm just a dumb kid. There's, you know, like, what's going on? And then, you know, you can't really go to your parents and be like, hey, guess what happened last night? Yeah. You know, because they're going to be like, you had a bad dream.
0: (laughs) Exactly. Well, look, I have a fear of sharks because I've had some experiences not with sharks per se, but just media and whatnot and various things. But um, uh, how – so my shark thing started early on in age and has stuck with me my whole life. So that experience that you had with your CDs flying around and your closet door opening and your TV flashing on and off – um, how is that hung with you? Like, will you no longer watch TV in bed? Like, what? how is that hung hung with you? It,
1: it mostly just sparked interest. I want to figure oh, okay. out what that was, why. You know, it doesn't, you know, wh- you know, yeah, it did scare me at the time. But now that I'm older and an adult, that kind of thing really, it's very, I know that it's very rare to experience something like that. And I haven't really experienced anything like that since. So, I mean, we get reports of that kind of stuff all the time. And, you know, let's be honest, ghosts don't, they don't, work on command you can't go in there and be like yeah. hey do that thing you were doing yesterday and they'll do it so you know you have to a lot of times when you're working with uh with spirits, you have to keep in mind the spirit you could be working with like i was uh recently uh, a friend of mine william becker he's a local psychic he uh he took me into the what's called the Tinger house in oregon city and it's supposed to be haunted there and he just gave me a tour it's like this historic house it's supposed to be the house where they did the coin toss to name Portland because one wanted to name it Boston and one wanted to name it Portland, so they did a coin toss. Huh. And supposedly that it was done in that house. And so there's a lot of history there, and he was showing me around and stuff. And when, when we left, he said, uh, he told me, he says, you know, for future, just so you, you know, think about this, when you're going into a house like that, if you want to communicate with spirits from the the area, you have to think about what their mindset and their culture and the kind of things that they that they believed in, that you know, and they're so. If you walk into their home and you're wearing a hat, you're not being disrespectful. Ah, why would they talk to you if you walk in their house and you're disrespectful? Very good. He's not wrong. He's, yeah, and he's like, and, and secondly, like, you know, you don't want to use their first names. Back back then, everybody was Mister and Mrs. whatever. You know, you wouldn't call somebody by their first name, and he's he's completely right about that too. So he says you have to think about the era that that person lived in and, and, the, and the kind of things that were culturally acceptable then and walking into somebody's house with a hat on would not have been one of those things. So you're less likely to get them to communicate with you if you're doing stuff like that. So it is something I've definitely kept in mind since then.
0: Wow. That is something I, I really never thought about is you're absolutely right. Depending on the time yeah. period and the culture, um, something you do just by walking into the environment Um, could turn this spirit off or whatever um, to even wanting to communicate culturally or whatever. That's something I never even thought about. You're absolutely right. I had
1: had not either until William brought that up. And I was like, oh, God, you know, this is why I talk to other people because, you know, it's fun to talk to people that are legit legitly into the paranormal that know what they're doing to they have experience people like William and, you know, and of course he, he's a, he's a psychic. So he, he sees like he, he goes to places and he can see like history happening. Wow. Yeah. I actually interviewed him on my show a while back. He's an interesting guy.
0: Wow. That's cool. So yeah. what, what would you, let's say that you found a magic lamp and mm-hmm. you were able to ask this genie to give you the powers that you needed to better investigate the paranormal. What do you think you would ask for as far as, would it be something like that? Like William, the, the ability to see history happening, it, like what, just, just speculating what you, the tools you would need to become a better investigator if you could get magic powers.
1: I mean being able to communicate with them like and like that or see historical things happening at locations would be a because that's a big history is a big part of or, of our investigations. we get, have to go back and find out the history of the location and that's that's really something that's helpful. Yeah, so that way you know especially when you're thinking about okay, what was the history? who are we talking about who could possibly be if there's a spirit here, who could be the spirit? You know, is it somebody from the 1800s? So we do need to keep in mind that we need to address them as by their last name and not wear hats and maybe you know, like, you know.
0: Wow, you guys take it to like, a whole another level, man.
1: Well, you have to. if You're going to do it right.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. That's so rad. I mean, I never even. I that never even occurred to me. The cultural significance of of how we look, how we approach things, how you know, it's it just it really. That that alone I just never ever ever thought about that. So yeah. yeah
1: I it. hadn't either until you brought it up and I was like, Why didn't I think of that? Like yeah. it, it's it, it makes it, sense. It completely makes sense. Yeah. It's common sense to think that if you're talking to somebody from back then you need to respect how they would and that you know, that's a whole nother thing that we uh one of the things you see on TV, especially with that other show I won't mention. Um <laughs> they will go into a location and they will provoke the spirit. Yeah. Now does provoking work? Uh, it probably does. But do you really want to go into a location and piss off people's spirits and then and leave?
0: Yeah, exactly. No. R- ruffle that's, up that's, the bee's nest.
1: Yeah. So that's you know that's something we're very much so against. That's the quickest way to be asked off of our teams. If, if we catch you, you know, that – if we catch you provoking or, or – Giving off giving away confidential information, so basically, we have a rule that if it's not on our website, we can't talk about it with anybody that's not our team, yeah, because we just want to be able to keep people's confidentiality. Otherwise, you know, if we don't do that, then our reputation is nothing,
0: yeah. All right, guys, let's take a moment to talk about stress and anxiety. It sucks being stressed and anxious about life, the world everything. Well, there's a better alternative to the meds Big Pharma want to give you. One without crazy side effects, no addiction, just relief. It's CBD, and I got it if you want it. Go to ClarkstonCBDCo.com, use promo code UFONO, and get 10% off your entire purchase. We got the best at ClarkstonCBDCo.com, promo code UFONO. Simple. So, uh, so what? What kind of investigations, if you can talk about it, do you guys have come upcoming?
1: I have one. Well, we just canceled one last week because I had COVID. Oh no! So we, yeah, that was. So we, we're going to reschedule one. I can't really say where, but it's in Tillamook, Oregon, and oh. we have. I got to reschedule that one. Hopefully soon. Yeah, but other than that, I don't have anything pending. I've been working on some stuff, but being that I got sick, I've just kind of been like everybody in my team's getting sick right now. So it's like Bummer. we're having to, yeah, yeah, yep. and we haven't even been together. So it's like we're all passing things along or something. I don't know. Like everybody's <laughs> sick, we haven't yeah. even been together. So yeah, yeah,
0: it's going around, dude. So, I mean, I, over here, I'm over yeah. in Lewis Clark Valley, um, yeah. Idaho, uh, Washington border town. And uh, and yeah, everybody over here—they're getting everything from strep to the flu to yeah. you know who knows what. So yeah, it's all everybody's getting everything. Um, so is there is there anything big like for the podcast? Do you have any uh, Do you have any plans for big guests coming up? Who you who you who do you got in your I sights? Don't,
1: I don't have anything booked currently because I really haven't. We had COVID, so I didn't really want to book a whole lot. So, but I'm working on some. stuff stuff um i should have some new episodes out within a week or two hopefully right on. i did have some guests I had to cancel but but i'm working on some things and hopefully i'll get some somebody decent nice right on but I, i've kind of been slowing out we have a lot going on next month so i've been slowing things up for right now so there's yeah. a the, or- the oregon ghost conference is next month in seaside oregon it's the last last weekend of the month of march so that's a good conference to go to. Get a little bit of everybody over there.
0: Nice, right on. Yeah. So where? So if you could investigate anywhere, what's what's the one place? Is there is there like a dream investigation that you would, could get a, a, a haunted castle, um, the the shining hotel? Like, is there anything? If yeah. you had your choice, somebody said, here's X amount of money. We'll send you anywhere. Where would you go?
1: You know, I've always been interested in Alcatraz. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Have you ever been? I think that,
1: you know, I haven't. I've been to San Francisco, and I was going to go, but the people I was with didn't want to go, so I didn't get to. But then they went back like a couple months later and went. You without know, you,
0: they they yeah. cock blocked you first, and then they went without you. God yeah. damn those bastards!
1: Exactly. <laughs> I was like, "Wait a minute!" I thought they didn't want to go on the boat, but yeah, I think it'd be cool to have a have a uh, team there overnight because it's you know like on the island you're you know you'd be yeah. stuck there you know yeah it'd be really cool yeah
0: yeah we were over there yeah. uh, me and my family we were over there I want to say what three or four years ago something like that. And, uh, same thing. We were, we were kind of thinking about going to Alcatraz, but dude, it was 150 bucks a pop. And I was like, no, no. So, uh, you know, and I don't know if we just caught it on a bad day or what, you know, but yeah, we were like, no, we're going to, we're going to go cheaper. (laughs) So we, we were just like, yeah, let's go wander around. But, but yeah, I've always wanted to go out there myself too. Um, so yeah, what a fascinating place with a crazy amount of history.
1: Yeah, crazy part Yeah, Yeah. and it would just be cool to be on the island and like at night and seeing lights in San Francisco and just realizing like how close civilization is to those people, but so far away as well. Because you know, as we know, you can't really, I mean, they claimed a couple people got it out of there, but we we didn't find them, so exactly. We
0: don't even know if they made it to shore after they left the island. Yeah, Yeah, there's no record.
1: I would be stuck because I'm not going in that water. Fuck that. No way. Yeah. Yeah.
0: No way, man. No.
1: You keep me in prison. I'm not getting eaten by a great white today. Yeah, definitely.
0: Chances are I'm not going to get eaten in prison, but chances are I'm going to get eaten if I hit that water. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Right on, man. Yeah. Well, uh, so aside from, you know, continue on with your investigations, hope your whole team gets better and feels better after a while and all that heals up. Um, So where can the people find uh, your work and kind of where you guys are? Let's say somebody has a paranormal investigation type thing that they want to have done. Where can they get a hold of
1: you? Yeah, you can reach out to us at BigRiverParanormal.com. BigRiverParanormal.com. And there's the uh, space to say contact us, and then you can fill out like a form. Cool, perfect. For us to contact you, and
0: yeah, right on. How many submissions do you guys think you get on average, like uh in a month, let's say?
1: It really varies. With COVID now, it's been dead, but yeah. like sometimes you know, like we won't get a case for like that for you know a few months, and then we'll get a bunch all at once. I don't know. It just kind oh, of I varies, see. but. Yeah, but but mostly our cases come from the work that that we do. Like I'll go out and try to find us locations as opposed to to uh, waiting on that. Oh, sure. Otherwise, we would be sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. No, that's a good idea. Yeah, right on, man. Well, uh, so what's uh, I mean, what's the if if you had one big message that you could tell people that believe in the paranormal? Um, or that don't believe in the paranormal, like what's your big takeaway from all your time? What's the, what's kind of the big highlighting message that you've, you've gathered uh, from all your time investigating? What's, what's your one big takeaway?
1: Well, really for me, it's all about doing the investigations correctly, being ethical in, in getting permission to be where you're at and, and not cussing at spirits and because what happens when you have teams that come in that don't do things ethically is that the next team that comes in the client's going to be like no we don't you know these last people came in here they were disrespectful we did have a lady whose house we went to that she was very nervous about having us because the last team was just so awful Mm. and like they were cussing and just you know you have to be able to you know, especially get permission to be where, you know, you see all these YouTubers going online and they're sneaking into these abandoned buildings and that kind of stuff and investigating. And that's, that's not what we're And It makes us all look like that's what we're doing. And they're in a cemetery. Do not go out to a cemetery in the middle of the night without permission.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Don't do it. Well, it's, you, it's you trespassing. Can get, you can
1: get, yeah. Yeah. You can get permission. You just yeah. have to know how to do that.
0: Well, yeah. and that's the thing. And some, people, people see other people that they don't see the back end work that you went through to get the permission yeah. to have the yeah. time to investigate or to interview someone to get the lay of the land. They think that you guys just went into this uh, raw. Yeah. Uh, and, but no, you put a lot of pre-work into the investigation. And that's what people need to realize is absolutely you got to get permission. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'll admit I did that myself in my younger days. We broke into places, uh, yeah. you know, to go and see, because, uh, we thought it was an abandoned building. You had no idea that it's still owned by somebody. Uh, and yeah. then the cops show up and we're like, oh shit. <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. yeah we, we do have a form that we have our clients always sign because you know, whether a, you know, a lot of times a client won't be with us. So yeah you know, somebody will drive by and see a dark building with a bunch of flashlights going off. They'll call the police. Yeah. And the police will show up and be like, what are you? And most of the time when you go out and they're like, what are you doing? Well, we're doing a paranormal investigation. They just, okay, you have a good night. And they leave.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Have you had any weird entanglements with law enforcement?
1: Um, no, one night we had, we were at the Walker Ames house in Port Gamble again. And I was down in the basement setting up a camera and, uh, it was it was still daytime and a lady came up and she wanted to come in the house. Well, my daughter was upstairs, who's my assistant director, she was upstairs sitting, up and she told her she the lady wants to come in. She said, man, we don't have permission just to you know let other people in the house, so I can't let you in. She's like, Well you if you can be in here, I can be in here. Oh. And she tries to push her way Yeah, she tries to push her way in. So of course my daughter just shuts the door in her face and locks it. Well, she called the police and told them that we were trespassing there.
0: Oh, no, so, so all you had to do yeah. was show them, hey, we got paperwork, we're allowed to yeah. be here, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Did she I mean, ever explain it's, it's, what her reasoning was for, for needing just, she happened to be walking by and wanted to come in this place?
1: She was just one of those that felt entitled to do so. And like wow. I told her, you know, like my daughter told me, we'd like to be able to let you check the house out, it's a really cool house, but we don't have permission from the, the from the owner to just randomly, bring, I mean, what if she falls on the stairs? You know, like we don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, of course it's it is kind of a dangerous place there is some you know stairs and really steep stairs because i you know the back when they built houses then the stairs were really steep and the, the staircase were really small because people were smaller apparently we didn't they didn't eat like we do now but you know like it is you know so we could' she couldn't let her in and she called the cops and you know i just told the cops like you know okay you know,
0: like, yeah like
1: yeah. yeah we're here we got we got permission you know that's what we're gonna do. And again, he was just like, "Oh, God, have a good night." One one day, I ordered a. We were there, and I ordered a pizza for delivery, and uh, I gave them the address. And the guy's like, "Okay," and like a few minutes later, uh, the manager called back, and she's like, "I just need to confirm the address because it's a well-known haunted."
0: Oh, place. I see. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, that's where we're at. It was kind of funny because the delivery guy just came up, knocked on the door, hand the pizza, and just took off. It was hilarious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I would imagine, like uh, because, look, I've worked in restaurants, specifically pizza, and there's always this, in every single pizza call order that you get, there's always the thought, I wonder if they're just playing a prank on me. You know, right? Yeah. Like anytime you deliver, I wonder if they're sending me to someplace weird. So seeing that it's obviously someplace weird, I'm sure yeah. the manager was like, Let's double check to make sure you're not being sent into the lion's den, you know, an ambush right. where people are a bunch of kids are gonna jump out and try and freak <laughs> you out or whatever. But uh that's Skilling hilarious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's funny. Uh yeah, man. So so yeah, do it right, do it ethically and uh and and don't be fooled is is kind of what i'm getting from this is don't don't let yourself be fooled either by other people or by your own brain use logic yeah um use use critical thinking use reasoning and then if all else fails once the obvious has been set aside then maybe you can start kind of speculating as to well this could be um something outside yeah. of what we're what we think it might be and that's really exactly. what it is—process of elimination. Yeah, man. Well, um, aside from getting better, <laughs> do yeah. you have? Do you guys have any big plans? Like what? Nothing. Nothing so far.
1: We do a, just the ghost conference, and yeah, This ghost conference in in March, and. Right that's on. what we'll be doing it's it's the last uh, last weekend of march and it's a it's in seaside oregon and it's a bunch of teams come together there's investigations you can do there's classes you can take speakers and everything out there it's a really cool event
0: that's cool right on right on so yeah. it's uh okay let me make sure i got this right it's uh let's see bigriverparanormal.com Right, yes. to to get a hold of you if they want to investigate, and then uh, go check out that uh, that uh, paranormal conference. That sounds like uh, yeah. super cool, man. So, can anybody do that, or is it specifically for teams?
1: Uh, um, yeah, there's admission at the door, but there's you know some people get booths, teams get booths and stuff. So, and there's there's psychics, there's all sorts of stuff there. Tarot card readings and all sorts of events. Like my team is going to be. Uh, We're going to be assisting with, like, a public investigation. We do that every time. So they sell tickets to the public, and we just bring them in and show them how we investigate, really.
0: Nice. That's right. Yeah. Right on. Well, I know we've got, here in Lewiston, we've got, uh, I don't know if you've been over this way at all, but we've got a place on Grell, uh, and the only reason I say that, it's the insane asylum on Grell. Uh, But it was this old uh, hospital that some people bought they turned it into a haunted house for a while but then some residential people bought it and converted part of it into a house but then the rest of the hospital it's kind of like um it's got a big tower in the middle and then two wings that come off from either side Um, but i that was one of the places i broke into a long time ago to go and see (laughs) before they ever did anything with it and even though i never had an experience it was creepy as fuck and so, yeah, I bet. so anyways, I don't know if, uh, if they'd be interested in having somebody over there or maybe they just don't want to know. But, uh, but anyways, I, I didn't know if, uh, you'd ever been over this way and, and investigated anything.
1: Sounds interesting. I haven't been over there too much now.
0: Yeah. All I know about it is it used to be a, a, a mental hospital way back in the day. Uh, and then it huh. was just kind of abandoned and then the property was repurchased, never turned back into a hospital. Um, but dude, when I went in there, which was shit, I mean, almost 20 years ago, um, it was, uh, the hospital beds were still in there. There was an old piano in one of the rooms. I mean, you could, you know, it had a, a, old basement that went in that's the way we went in was the old basement and then stairs went up through the tower and then you could get off to the other wings um and man going in that basement the the standard dripping water (laughs) moist you know uh super super creepy but never any experiences but uh, it wasn't like i was really looking for anything we just kind of wanted to see if we could go in without shitting our pants and uh, we did. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. It was cool. So uh, anyways, well, that's exciting, man. I'm excited for you guys. And again, uh, I hope you guys get to feeling better and heal up and get back right, out there you. and and uh, get more so you can investigate to the core of this paranormal phenomenon. Yeah. But uh, all well, right, man. we a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on. Again, I'll uh, put all the links in the show notes to you guys and where they can uh, get okay. a hold of you guys if they want, and then uh, I'll also put a link to your show. Again, that's Hassling okay. the Paranormal, right? Yes. Yep, and uh, and um, once you get to feeling better, I'm sure you'll be pumping out some more episodes, but I'll make sure and put all that For in sure. the show notes. And uh, it was really good having you on, man.
1: Right on, send me a link, and I'll uh, post it on my social media as well.
0: I will absolutely do that. Where, speaking of social media, where can the people find you on the socials?
1: Okay, so I have a Hassling the Paranormal uh, Facebook page, so that's there. Okay. And uh, Big River Paranormal has a Facebook page as well.
0: Perfect. Right on, man. Yeah,
1: and you could you can reach out to us on Messenger on either one of those. So
0: Okay. Perfect. Right on. All right. Well, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Jason Hessler, thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, and, uh, we'll have to talk again and uh, see if there's any developments in your investigations. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. All right, man. Peace out. Well, I had a great time in that conversation. I hope you did as well. I learned a lot. I'll tell you, that blew my mind, the whole thing about uh, cultural and and thinking about the time period and, and talking to them and, and what you bring in with you when you come in may may put the spirits off. Never even dawned on me. Never even did I think about that. So incredible, incredible. Great conversation. I hope them all the best. Jason, I hope you feel better and, and heal up and your team gets back at it. But what an amazing team that take it so seriously and uh, ethically and all that. I love that aspect about them. So super, super rad. I hope them all the best. Wish them all the best and uh, go check out the podcast "Hassling the Paranormal" and of course look into bigriverparanormal.com. dot com. These guys, go check them out. They, I mean, what an amazing amount of experience. So, anyways, uh, I hope you love it. And of course. Here are the people, the badasses. Every single episode is brought to you by the Tinfoil Militia members who support this podcast. Here they are. I believe I see militia forming. Tinfoil Militia. Stop militia! The Tinfoil Militia. I joined the militia, but why would you? What do you think tap water is? It's a gay bomb, baby. Casey Armadillo, Michael Ralston, Rihanna Little, the OG supporter, designer, tinfoil hat-wearing Aaron Rice, Jesse, Jet Life Teague, Michael Benavides, Carlton Turner, uh, Matthew Morfit, Morgan, Nathan Boldly Gone Higby, and, of course, Edwin Everhart, who's got his own podcast. Go and check that out. It's super awesome. And, of course, go check out Hassling the Paranormal. Uh, from Jason Hassler. (laughs) Hassler. Hassling the... I just got that. Oh, amazing. Anyways, hope them all the best. If you want commercial-free episodes, all my loyalty, more content, like my take on... Uh, The news, not in the corrupt media, but stuff I find that really piques my interest. Uh, I really keep my eye on the the technology and the quantum computing stuff, uh, along with, of course, what these government pricks are doing. So if you want more of that, join the tinfoil militia by buying us a Romulan ale or two or three. They're only five bucks each, made from only the finest Kaled secretions in the Virenak colony. You can leave a note so we can share that, toast to you on the show. And of course, you can also donate at Patreon. Patreon.com, UFONL Podcast, and also leave us a note, leave comments, join our Discord server, get involved, get involved. You can give a direct donation uh, uh donation donation through PayPal. Link is all in the show notes Uh, And every donation, get your name permanently etched on the supporters plaque at HQ. And a shout-out on the show, monthly sustained donations are the bread and butter of this show. It makes you an active member. It gives you tier rewards, all kinds of great stuff. So become a member today. Remember, sharing is uh, caring. So, spread us like gossip. Just take that URL, slap it anywhere you want. And if you have stories, you have experiences, you just want to reach out, call or text 208 477 1288. You can also email I want to believe 115 at gmail.com. Get merch, be a tinfoilist, join the cool kids, and remember not that one. <laughs> Stay elevated. Keep your eyes to the skies and watch out for the government. They're shisty bastards. We'll catch you next week.